On this episode, we did something that we've never done before. Jason and I sat down to review all the several months since we've finished our last season. And as we sat down to record this episode, we actually did something unique that we've never done in all of our episodes. And some very interesting and even magical things come out towards the end, and I can't wait for us to get to it. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Welcome to the Thought Factory podcast. I am one of the hosts, Jason Brewer. I am here in the studio, live in the studio with my co-host, Jeff Eckert. Hello. I don't know if you're my co-host or I'm your co-host. It's interchangeable. Sure. Yeah, it is interchangeable. This is the ninth season of the Thought Factory podcast. We are celebrating a milestone in this episode. It is our 100th episode that has been released to our audience, the listenership of you. And we are so grateful that you are joining us again for another season of the Thought Factory podcast. Yeah, thanks for taking your time to hang with us. It's been several months since we recorded. We typically do this. We do a season in the fall, then we do a season in the spring. So we did a few uh, special episodes about COVID right when it was just happening. And then uh, we take our summer hiatus, which we did, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. We had uh, the most unique summer that we've ever had personally and and a lot of us we're going to talk about kind of what happened to us here a little bit up front and then in the conversation that we're we're about to have we're going to reflect just a little bit more generally about some of the things that are that were happening around us in terms of ministry and culture and things like that but um it's been there's been a lot that's transpired since we met last and before we get into that conversation and even discussing some of the things that has happened to us as an organization and personally we wanted to direct your attention to neverthesame.org trend report for a free gift for just simply listening to us it's a trend report of the adolescents in the church where we have surveyed thousands of students in regards to those who attend church youth group and we get their thoughts on the trends and their thoughts on faith and various aspects of their lives and we have compiled that into a beautifully done 20 page a book in a sense and we want to offer that to you we we update that every single year and we have a new edition the 2020 21 edition of the trend report so if you go to neverthesame.org trend report you are able to get that free gift from us. What's really cool about that too, Jason, is is it's a it's a research component of our ministry here at Never the Same, but it's it's done in a way where we hear directly from students what they're thinking about things. And so on this year's trend report, we have just some of their habits and behaviors and beliefs about ministry and about the church and about youth ministry in the local church as well as culture. Uh, there's always touch points with um, things that are happening in in broader perspectives in terms of even like political and cultural climate issues that we want to hear from students about. And it's always surprising to me how students res- respond to this research. And for me, having worked with students for several decades, I'm always amazed at 
at their viewpoints and things. And then the unique piece about the trend report is that we also ask adult leaders what they believe students would answer this research in. And then we compare and contrast what students think and what adults think and believe that students think. And I'm just fascinated every year by this resource. And it is an amazing thing that you can get for free. I would agree. The fascination of the responses between adults and students always, there's always data points that, that will catch me and go, man, this is fascinating to just see the discrepancy between the two parties and saying like, this is what the students think and believe. And this is what the adults think the students think and believe. And, and there's many times there's gaps in between those numbers. Again, one more time, neverthesame.org slash trend report. We want to encourage you to get that. Now, Jason, we're going into our ninth season, which is crazy to think about. We've already done eight seasons and we've got incredible episodes in our archives. If you're new to this podcast, you can find about anything that you'd want to hear about and some amazing guests, some interviews, hearing from students themselves about, you know, things like social media and students' habits when it comes to, you know, what they're doing on their daily lives and what they think about their school campus and how they feel about their youth ministry and on and on and on. So we got some great things in the past, but we've also got some really cool episodes coming up this fall. We are approaching this season with, again, the coronavirus response is is this episode, but we are also looking at how students are responding, how youth ministries are responding. So we want to hear from the youth pastor and the student, and whether you're involved in a small way or a large way, we are talking to them directly. And so in the next few episodes, we're going to highlight some of the things that they're saying in regards to certain topics. Like you said, that could be a political topic. It could be the school topic. It could be just how are they uh, psychologically affected by quarantine in a sense where we are all going through a strange time and how are we reacting? How is the student reacting? How is the youth pastor and trying to navigate through such a, a crazy time for their ministry? And so that's uh, the next few episodes in this season. That's going to be eye-opening because we're going to be hearing directly from some youth workers and youth pastors from all over the country, as well as students from all over the country, hearing directly from them, not talking about what they're saying, but hearing from them in response to this. So that's going to be really fun. And then, Jason, we've got a couple other things in the pipeline here. We're going to be talking about how this is the conspiracy theory generation. And what I've found in my work with students, especially the last two or three years, is that with without prompting, conspiracy theories are coming up all the time and one of the things that that came to my attention was just a few days ago on a youth ministry forum i saw uh, a youth worker say hey i've had something i've never uh, had happen as a student came up to me and said do you believe that helen keller was really real and was a real person and what that began was this conversation thread about all our experiences in youth ministry about students bringing up conspiracy theories. And there's some good things to know that we want to talk to you about how this whole mentality is affecting not just their interaction with truth, but also their their connection with faith. And I cannot wait to get into that. We're going to have some fun with it, but there's also some real 
great takeaways that we're going to have as youth workers in, in those episodes as well. I think regardless of your viewpoint on conspiracy theories, it is going to be interesting because students are looking and watching and hearing these things and it is affecting their faith because when you start to question one thing, you start to question everything and how can we navigate through that, but also give them a strong foundation that regardless of what's being shaken in their minds, that their faith is not being shaken as well. That's right. So we'll, we'll be getting to that and some other things as well in this uh, upcoming season of the Thought Factory. So again, we're glad you're listening. Today, like we said, we did something we've never done before on this podcast. And really what, what happened, Jason, is as we were planning and sitting down here to work on this podcast in the studio, I just said, Jason, just hit record. And we just start talking and it's amazing the flow of our experience and all the th- conversations and the things that we've been through in the last few months personally and organizationally and then in people that we know out in uh, the circles of youth ministry all over the country and all over the world. And Jason, here at Never the Same, we, we had just the most unusual situation that we've ever had in terms of we're we're really a self-funded ministry and nonprofit model we're kind of a business model and all of our funding streams were eliminated this year in ways that we'd never seen before and it really was um and we're still in the middle of it but it's been uh really profound for us as ministry leaders to be thinking about the reality that we're facing that we know that many other people listening right now are facing as well. Typically we have an outline for every episode and we predetermine some of the thoughts. It may not be exactly what we're going to say, but we have some sort of guidance to what we're going to say. And today we didn't have any predetermined thought beyond just, we looked at the topic of our response to COVID-19. What is that going to be for an episode? Because we just believed that we wanted to share that with our audience and you just said hit record and we just started talking and then about 40 minutes later we got done and we we're like that's it yeah and where we go at the end the turn that we take i think is not only helpful for us it will be helpful for all of us in terms of what do we do right now to navigate these times and there's a concept that we'll talk about at the end that I know you'll want to hear and pay attention because it can shape everything about how you're leading. I think for what you have already said, all the revenue streams have been cut off. And as a organization that does events, we were really impacted. And, and for those who have listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that our organization, never the same has multiple aspects of a camp ministry and student led prayer ministry. And, and we had, major events this past summer and that had to be shifted and reimagined and done differently and even though we were able to produce something else it it's not the same thing as what it was going to be and it didn't produce the the revenue that we needed as an organization to continue and so it's it's been a interesting summer in response to it but as we continue this conversation You'll also hear some of the things that we've internally have been processing as well. This can be something. Right. Into the mic. Into the mic. Check. Check. 
Yep. Hello. It sounds perfect to me in terms of yeah our voice. Yep. Well, I do feel like I've never remembered a time when there's pretty much every leader does not know what to do. That's where we're at. We're at a place where no one knows what to say, how to react, how to plan. I mean, it's day by day. There's This is also a time when ministry leaders and youth leaders are saying, what really are we about? What's important? What's not important? What things don't really matter? What should we do? What should we not do? What should we be adding that we haven't been? Or what should we be taking away? And I think we're asking questions about the future. And I've I've often thought, this is a really bad time to predict the future. I don't think it's wise to... You know, I, you've probably seen him and I have two certain voices, both in like a kingdom context that are believers or in other parts of, you know, society with tech or other things. And people are saying, this is where it's going. And I'm just pretty skeptical of that because I, I don't think this is a good time to make predictions. So for example, one of them is I saw a ministry leader say, you know, virtual is going to be more important than it's ever been. And just my natural, and you know me, but my natural thing is, I actually think the opposite. I think it's less important than it's ever been. I, I think that the Bible talks about this ecclesia, the the gathering of people. And of course that was written when they couldn't probably even have comprehended the, the technology that we have today. But I just think it's part of who we are. And so when ministry leaders are saying, oh, well, this is, you know, this is it. This is, we have to be virtual in everything we do or most things or that people won't connect otherwise if it's not virtual. And I just, I just think what is really the core of who we are? And as we've, as we've navigated this at Never the Same with NTS Camp and Claim Your Campus and many people listening that are involved with students or leading ministries, the overwhelming majority of us, our ministries are based on a physical gathering. And as virtual as Claim Your Campus is, where students pull up an app and they're praying for change once a week at their school, it's also a gathering. It's They're not meant to do that alone. And we designed it that way on purpose so that they're not hiding behind their phone alone, but they're in community and technology is a connector rather than a separator right so when I think about that and I go well we at claim your campus for example are forced right now to say to the overwhelming majority of students even if they're going to school physically most schools aren't allowing them to hang out at all before or after and they can't even stand together in a group even with masks on so we're adopting it but it's not a long-term strategy I'm just a believer that we cannot we cannot give that up and some movements don't need physical gatherings but I just I just know for us and I, I just believe that for ministry leaders 
we need to be really careful to jump to conclusions here to say, oh, well, maybe we'll never gather again. I mean, it's funny. I thought of an example that I think it was back in the 1800s. Niagara Falls dried up Hmm. and it freaked everyone out. In fact, the rumors were around there that that was a signal is going to be the end of the world. And people, I mean, that drove the whole economy and the community. It was the centerpiece, you know, to the whole area. And it still is in many ways. And it dried up. And so people were saying it's never going to flow again. But it did. Things will change, but things will still go back to who we are as human beings made in the image of God. We are a people that are meant to gather. And we were talking about, you know, the effects of social media and some of the things that you're watching and thinking about. And I think that in our ministry leadership, we just need to be thinking about um, how do we temporarily provide some stopgap things and not overreact. And, And I just... And I'm not like an old fogey saying I don't want to change, but I also have enough life experience to know what I feel like really matters and really what doesn't. And being in student ministries for 30 years, um, I'm counseling a lot of young leaders in youth ministry in local contexts and national too, but just saying, just, just hold tight for a minute. And I know it's been months now, but I still feel like when we last recorded several months ago at the beginning of all this that I think one of the things that I said was it's more important right now to listen than to lead mm-hmm. we have to be listening to God and what's he saying I saw a stat the other day 62% of Americans believe that everything that's happening around us is a message from God that we need to change the way that we live so over 6 out of 10 of your average Americans are saying God is speaking to us and we, we need to change I think for us who believe in God, believe in Christ, who attend church, lead ministries, who have a spiritual bent towards doing what is right in the Word of God, we have gotten really comfortable with with our approach. And what I've seen, the effects of the coronavirus and how it's impacted various aspects of our life have we gotten so comfortable with how we do it? We have it in a system and we, we put this a into B and that gets us to C and we know the outcome and we are so in tune with the formula that it's caused us to, to miss out on other aspects of it, that it's, it's comforting. We know how to approach something because we know where it's going to lead and I think we've done that with the church. I think we've done that with ministry. I think we've done that with relationships. We, we know how to, how to get that outcome out. And yet this has disrupted that and yeah. caused us to question, is what we're doing the right thing? And is it getting the outcome that we really truly want or need? We at Never the Same have been very intentional in the things that we put our hands to and our minds to and how we approach ministry and and whether it's NTS camp or claim your campus or soul exercises it's if we're going to put time and money towards this let's be intentional in every aspect of it and we think through a lot of things and I think there are a lot of people who don't 
they don't think through that they're not intentional. It's just how it's supposed to be, or that's how I've always done it. And there's not this intention of, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what I'm supposed to spend my time on? And we've, we've been disrupted as I just don't believe that we should be reactionary beings. We should be proactive. We should be intentional. We should be, but we react to the culture. We react to circumstances. We react instead of going, this is where we should be going and have that spirit of conviction of where we're going. And so when the tides turn or the, the wind changes and our course gets thrown off, we still have that spirit of conviction of going, this is where I need to get back to alignment. And instead of like, well, now I guess we're going to go this way. Like, how are you going to travel if you're just going by the whims of the wind versus going, well, we've been blown off course. Now I need to spend some time intentionality to recorrect. Obviously, as, as leaders, you and I think about this and those listening that you might be a parent, you might be a youth worker, you might be a pastor, but there's always eyes watching us. And when we're working with students, they're watching us too. And how we respond right now, if, if we're unsettled, we're going to project that onto them as well. I, I remember um, one of the years at NTS camp, we had a tornado roll in. And I know you remember oh, that. Oh, Definitely. And it ended up coming within about a mile of where we were. The only place we were able to take all this massive group of students was in the basement of their student center rec building. But it had glass on the one side. A freshly (laughs) designed and built rock wall, climbing wall, that was like three stories tall, but surrounded by panes of glass. Yes. And we're down there and... I remember all the students were sitting down and it was starting to get hot in that room because of all the bodies there that were close together and were packed into this room. And and I remember standing literally um, kind of in the middle of the group along with some of the other leadership there of the camp, our site director and others. And I could just see out of the corner of my eye these sets of eyes that would that would look up and look at us as we were standing there and watching our response. And I'm, I told our team at that moment, I said, everyone's watching us literally right now. And if our faces look panicked, that's going to cause them to, to be worried. And so regardless of how we're feeling, we have to project calmness for, for many reasons. And, I rem- it reminded me of being on this flight from um, from uh, Papua New Guinea to Sydney, and it was the worst turbulence I've ever been. I thought we were gonna just break apart and fall right out of the sky. It was unbelievable, and I think I was seated even in the back row, which is the worst place to sit, and it was just awful. And I I really I I can only think of maybe one or two times where I thought this is it. I was in a plane. I'm like this is it. And I remember <laughs> turning around looking at the flight attendant. And she was in the back and she just sat there as calm as she could be. And I kept looking to her because her calmness gave me confidence. And and I think our calmness right now with our students especially as parents and as others, it, it can exude a confidence in them. And 
I remember a, a, a parent friend of mine um, was talking about how if you're worked up about your kids going back to school wearing a mask and you're worked up um, around that around your kids you're going to work them up too or you're going to cause some kind of tension with them they may they may not say it but it'll be internal and and that helped me as a parent too having a student in high school to be able to say to her hey you know what you got to wear a mask for a while no big deal you know, you may not like it or whatever, and I've found in most of my conversations with students, it's just a matter of fact. It's a matter of life. They're resilient. They've adjusted to it. A lot of other adults haven't, and I think it goes back to what are we projecting on them, and just imagine right now, leaders, you're standing in a sea of students like we were as that tornado is coming by and everyone's wondering are we going to make it and I would say everything within you needs to have a demeanor that projects we're going to make it because we will so the question I have then would be what's the difference with being calm and leading with calmness and confidence and you're downplaying it or you're diminishing the reality of the situation as well. You know, we have a president who's being criticized for his response to the coronavirus because he is, has admitted that he was downplaying the the severity of it. And now we see, you know, hindsight, how many lives have been lost and all of this stuff. I'm just asking the question, yeah. like, are you diminishing the reality by just remaining calm, even though you're looking around and it's like, the reality is we, we need to be doing something different, I guess. Yeah, I think there's the the level appropriate level of transparency with our students and with the people that we lead. I think you can communicate and project truth and reality, but also a, a serenity as well inside of you to say, you could even stand up and say, I don't really know what's going to happen. But you can say that in a way that's really panicked, or you can say that in a way that's really calm. And if you say it in a way that, that's calm, you can still have confidence even though you don't know the outcome. And, and I've, I've said that to us here and our staff at Never the Same. We, we just came through the most interesting year that we've ever experienced. This was our celebration of our 20 years of NTS camp. Me and a, another youth pastor friend starting it back in the year 2000. We were celebrating 20 years of God's faithfulness and all these lives that were changed, thousands of students at NTS. And we were going to have this, um, what we believe would be a watershed moment on this field in Kansas for Claim Your Campus that if you've been on this podcast with us for any amount of time, we've talked about it every episode for almost two years, mm -hmm. several seasons, and that didn't happen the way we thought. And... You know, we could go on and on. And in our in this episode, our first one back, as we reflect on on what we've been through, and I say we, including both us at Never the Same and all of you listening with us that we we track together, it's been an unknown journey. And and I I've tried here at Never the Same as our leader to be able to say we don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that God is faithful and he will get us through it. And and I say that with full knowledge of how tenuous things have been, 
But then just seeing God provide and, and give me peace as well, like standing before our team and saying, I don't know how the, all this is going to work out, but one thing I do know about God is that he doesn't take you on a journey and then just dump you off on the curb and keep going, that he's got something there. And that's been that's been my personal point of reference for me. And, and it came from one of our board members that, in some of the private moments that I've had over the last few months of panic and of discouragement or disillusionment that he said to me, Jeff, you've, you've led this for 10 years and God's not going to just leave you hanging. And so we've had some miracles along the way that we've seen, you know, in the last few months. And Jason, when you and I last did any formal recording for this podcast, we were right at the very beginning of um, COVID and, and and who would have dreamt that six months later we're still wearing masks and we're still physically distancing and we're not able to, to have any kind of normal, um, as we've had in the past, gatherings for our ministries and churches and youth groups. And for me, just when I think it's over, all of a sudden... I um, know someone personally who uh, tests, you know, positive for COVID and they go through that and um, known some people that have that have died from it. And I still haven't wrapped my mind around everything, but uh, we're living through a time that we've never known before. And yet I find that the opportunities have never been greater for the gospel to move forward and for our ministry to happen. And and that's exciting for me because it's talking with leaders around the country. I've found the greatest leaders around me are the most optimistic right now about the opportunities. And while for us, you know, our financial um, liability has changed, um, I know we're going to make it through. But we've, we've been hit incredibly hard financially by this. but And yet, at the same time, around our team, there's a sense of God's provision. We know he's going to get us through, and he has so far. And he will somehow. And there's a lot of churches out there that are experiencing the same thing. And some of you listening, maybe you're employed by a church, and you may think, how much longer can that go? But And we don't know those answers, but... If there's one thing I've learned in, in leading this and starting it by myself 10 years ago is that with God's help, you learn to live on a different level of faith that God pulls you into that doesn't come from yourself. And if some of you out there are panicking and thinking, well, I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month, join the club. <laughs> you know, I've been there for 10 years and I was reading in James the other day where you know, James writes and says, you know, you shouldn't say, tomorrow we're going to do this or do that because your life is a vapor. It's a mist and it's here and gone. And so while we are proactive people, we don't know what tomorrow holds. And my dad always had a saying he would say, I would say, well, you, you know, you planning on going to that? He says, Lord willing, I'll go. He would always say that. And that was just a, always a verbal reminder for me that that's how he lived his life. He's like, if God will allow me to do it, and if he's willing, I'll be there. So if you're trying to make plans right now, don't worry about it. Just relax. And um, 
you know, you just may you may need to be pruned back from all these things that maybe you thought were important that that really aren't, you know. I think it's it's hard to as a leader to remain calm and confident in a time when we've never led through this before in a sense. Like my mind goes back to the the flight attendant who's remaining calm during turbulence and maybe her calm demeanor is a result of number of flights that she's taken that she's experienced this type of turbulence before that you haven't and she's like we've gotten through it before we've gotten through it before we've gotten through it before so she's calm to project that onto the rest of the flight but we may as a leader go i've never led through something like this i've never experienced something like this i've never had to deal with all of these things for my ministry or my job my my home life my all these things that uh, I have to deal with and it goes back to our faith in God because God has gone through these things. God wasn't surprised by this. He has led us through other things. We can have faith in him. We can have the confidence to remain calm. That's part of the faith that we have in him is to remain calm when circumstances start to get a little crazy. And so I had to be reminded of that as well, where you start to respond. You're like, oh, things are shifting and things are moving and uh, what's going on and things are changing. And how should I respond? And when you start to think, how is it going to affect my kids or my family life or my job? And you start to look internally and and you have to have that that strong faith. And it's not downplaying it it's not just kind of diminishing it to your go-to answer of well just trusting god i think that can also be uh hard to just say to somebody and be you know received well you know it but at the same time i think when we're all experiencing the same thing we're all experiencing unknown uncertainty chaos uh so how do you lead? And as the leader, you have to still remain calm and and see that the, the course is ahead of us. And if you get thrown off course, how do we recorrect? I've discovered that as I've gotten older and and just had more leadership experience and circumstances that have, you know, varied, that I get less rattled by things. And it, it's it's been a kind of a joy for me on our team here being the oldest. Well, I'm actually not the oldest, but close. Um, But, you know, being our leader and and having, you know, just more experience because of age to be able to help sometimes talk some of our team down when they get rattled by something because I've been through a lot. And, and you know, if you're there and you're just finding yourself, um, really anxious about things my encouragement to you is to what you said jason just on a practical note is is to really dial into god and to hear what he has to say um, through his word about how he's led his people in the past through crazy situations and circumstances and the second one it's very practical as well is to find an older more experienced leader in fact i would say right now the older the better if you can find someone that's lived a good long life and they have a really good solid 
uh, foundation of faith in their life is to go to them and talk to them and, and find out what they're thinking. And I, I've done that, and what I've found is uh, great leaders, they just don't get rattled. And some of that just comes with the experience. And the only way that really happens is that you've gone through some storms before. And like we said, so much of this is unprecedented. We've never experienced this in in the certain ways that we have in terms of like, you know, churches and youth groups not being able to gather. Some some of you are listening. You haven't gathered with your ministry since maybe March. And you maybe literally haven't even seen some people yet. And if you find someone with some experience in life, talk to them and find out how they're feeling. I bet you'll find a calmness in them and, and a confidence in, in what's happening. And, you know, it, it may create or open up doors to to new or old ways that you haven't operated in in the past that you might want to either discover or rediscover. And, and for an example, one of the things would be going to actually visit people face-to-face. And that doesn't mean, you know, if you're in a place where maybe you're not able to to gather together, can you drive to people's homes and stand in their driveway and knock on the door and you know if you need to physically distance or whatever that looks like again that speaks volumes to people going to them it's a lost art that we've had i think one of the things that jason that this has uncovered is it's uncovered how superficial and ineffective Uh, digital communication can be now information it's it's a good way to disseminate information but it does not replace influence and relationships I think uh, we talked earlier you know people are saying you know digital um, gatherings are here to stay so get used to it and again can digital be a component yeah I'm sure it can and it probably needs to be but that will never replace uh, a physical face-to-face meeting and gathering. And if you think I'm wrong, then just say to yourself, what would it be like to FaceTime your family for the rest of your life? And say, well, you know, we're connected. No, not in the same way. It's great to see them, and it's a great stopgap, but it will never replace a physical gathering. And, you know, when I think about um, people's, Uh, ministries there's something about influence that comes with being in their presence and I've learned that over and over I've seen I've thought back during this time to my ministry as a youth pastor and I've thought when I just threw something on the calendar and communicated it from the front or via email or all the other ways we disseminate information social media and that was that and I said hey we're gonna do this activity or whatever you know, you always get some turnout, but if I was pushing it, if I was talking with parents, talking with students, making phone calls, showing up, having conversations, and working at it, that's when you saw the results. And I think, you know, I've heard so many youth pastors say, well, kids just don't show up for things anymore. And you know what I think, Jason? I think it goes back to, and I'm just going to be kind of blunt here for a minute, it goes back to our laziness. Of just saying, well, I put it on Instagram and I did a Snapchat about it and stuff. 
That's not going to get people to show up. We found that out with with NTS Camp and Claim Your Canvas. That's why we had to travel all over the country and meet with people face-to-face. It doesn't matter how great your idea is, how great your games are, how great your promotion is. If you're not tying that in with relational influence, you're not going to get a result. And so I think that's one of the reasons that youth ministries are struggling with their momentum and things like attendance and participation is because we've just said, well, they're the, they're the digital natives and that's where they live. And it is, but there's nothing like showing up to their house or making a phone call or writing a note and being there physically present and saying, hey, you're important to me. You're important enough for me to get in my car and drive to you. When you can't come to me, I can still go to you. I think those things are huge. We have viewed what is supplemental as the primary. We have thought that the communication that should just be supplementally uh, added on yeah. to a physical interaction, a relationship that is building via face-to-face interaction, we've we've now taken that supplementally and moved it into a primary spot and say, we are relying on this as our primary mode of communication and interaction and relationship building and it's never intended to, but like you said, the laziness of human nature or the route of least resistance, we've used that and go, well, I've been communicating. And a thought to me though, is also the level of grace that we have lost in all of this. We, grace just continues to come through my mind of like, we need to extend grace because we are all experiencing the same thing. Maybe it, it looks different for your circumstance, but we are all experiencing the same thing. And yet we are all reacting like we're the experts and those who are leading or making decisions are, are idiots. And we right. don't have the level of grace that we need to go. They're in charge. They're making decisions and they've never done this before as followers or as people who are, uh, reacting to those decisions need to also have the, the grace to go, that's a tough thing to do, but they've never made those decisions before or something like it. So when I even look at, at, you know, ministries who are trying to figure out how to get the numbers up and all that stuff, it's like, there's gotta be a level of grace because yeah. there has never been a time that we've gone through like this in trying to get students to come through, you know, virtual, or there's so many factors that play outside of our own control And I've had the same conversation with a senior pastor about the youth ministry and saying, Hey, maybe you need to kind of not have such a, uh, a stronghold on the numbers, have a level of grace in this time period and not be so focused on it and just build relationships because it's, it's just all that we are trying to experience and get through it's. We are less gracious in the decisions that do need to be made. Yeah, we are recording this in the state of Michigan where we live. And as I've communicated with people around the country, they go, oh, man, you're governor. Right. Dot, dot, dot. And they (laughs) could say one or two very extreme things about her. And I don't necessarily agree with every decision she's made. But like you said, Jason, I'm not in her shoes. And the partisanship that goes beyond political, but now is very social in terms of we're arguing about masks and we're arguing about gatherings for, against, and we're, yeah, we have these these um, very strong opinions and things. 
I think what's been highlighted to me in the last few months is the need in our world, in our culture, for what I call designated drivers. And I think as ministry leaders, we have to be designated drivers because everyone's drunk on anger and anxiety right now. Mm. Everyone is drunk on it. And if we in the church, and, and especially we as ministry leaders are drunk on anger and anxiety, no matter what perspective you're coming from, you're losing the authority that God has given you to lead and influence others in culture. And we've, I think I've, I've seen over and over many of us forfeit our opportunity and our responsibility and our privilege. And, and I use this word authority in a way it's not like telling other people what to do, but just having a, a spiritual winsomeness in culture, we've forfeited it because we've just drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak. We've, we're drunk on anger and anxiety. And I just believe that God has really helped me personally and I don't, this didn't come from myself, but I feel like God has given me a, a higher vantage point in the last few months to say, I see everyone's anger and anxiety. And you know what? I want to have the peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. Mm. And yeah, we don't understand everything for sure. I mean, people are talking about doomsday and civil war and people are buying guns and there's riots and you know there's an election coming up and there's all this stuff but like we're meant to live in the world but not of the world jesus said that himself we're not of the world meaning not that we're we're not surrounded by the climate of what's happening but we have a different drummer that we're following and when we get caught up in, in these raging debates, you know, I have a rule with our team. It's like, don't put anything on social media that is negative about anyone or controversial. And it's not because we're trying to be people pleasers, but we want to be influencers. We want to be people that uh, are, are doing everything we can to have the most influence for Christ. You know, Paul said, you know, I'm all things to all people so that in the end I might influence some. And that's that's where we've tried to be as best we can as an organization, realizing that in our day and age everyone gets you know, upset about something pretty much. But, but definitely not our intention to try to stir up the pot. And some people, they kind of make that their job. And hey, if that's their gig, that's their gig. But that's not our gig. You know, our gig is to is to be as best we can what I would call, again, a designated driver in this time. And I think it's a good... It's a good time and it's an opportunity where leaders are, I believe, rising to the surface that are leading in that way. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.